Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. If you haven't been with us, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit leading up into this conference. Kind of a mental map the last couple of weeks as we've uh, been going through it. There are two words, and two word pictures that we see in Scripture about the Holy Spirit. Of course, we know in uh, Acts 2, it talks about wind and fire, that a noise from heaven, like a violent rushing wind and tongues of fire that came upon the 120 in the upper room, and uh, they were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues. And uh, I know next weekend, Tim is excited to be able to preach on that. And uh, he's just going to lay that out for us. And uh, those of you that have been searching or wondering and wanting more of the Holy Spirit, next weekend is going to be your weekend to come. We started talking about the Holy Spirit, that he is a person, not an it, not the force of Star Wars. I mean, you're with me, right? Uh, We started talking about that the first week. Um, You shouldn't talk about a person as an it anyways, right? A little experiment today. Go home and talk to your spouse as an it. All right, it's in the kitchen making dinner. You know, it's in the garage cleaning. That will not go well for you, okay? And so the spirit is a person. And uh, we should get to know the spirit, amen? We should get to know the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to get to know him. Two weeks ago, we talked about that moment when you and I put our faith in Jesus, he puts his spirit inside of you and me. And then he gives us confidence and boldness. None of these matter if you don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not about what God can do for us, but more importantly, what he can do through us, right? Through you and I. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Not just we're just going to get all we can, but it's going to come into our lives. The work of the Spirit then is going to go out of our lives. That's what he wants to accomplish. What can the Spirit of God do through you? Well, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What is this power for? Well, he tells us, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. What is he saying here? I'm going to give you this boldness, and this power is going to come upon you, and you're going to be my witnesses here, near, and far. Here, right where he's placed you and I, in this area, community, your workplace, your campus, your neighborhood, then also what is near, that next circle out, and then those that are far away from you, to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit wants to use you to reach this world for Jesus Christ. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. That is the goal of the work of the Holy Spirit. We will never accomplish that without the Holy Spirit's work in us. We cannot do it. Jesus accomplished virtually nothing without the power of the Spirit. So why should we think that we can accomplish something without his work either? When Jesus was baptized, remember that? We talked about, we've talked about this many times, that moment when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. What happened when he came out of the water? Who came upon him? The Holy Spirit descended upon him. The power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. He went then into the wilderness right after that. And who led Jesus into the wilderness? It was the Holy Spirit. From the wilderness, he goes back to Galilee to begin his ministry. How? In the power 
of the Holy Spirit. He would preach to the multitudes. This is the opening sentence of preaching in his own town. This is Jesus saying this, Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He makes that admonition knowing he can't do it without the Spirit's work. He would also do miracles. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. He was conceived in his mother's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was raised from Pilate's tomb by the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's true for Jesus, don't you think it will be true for you? Absolutely. For me, the introduction to the Holy Spirit came when I was uh, in, in middle school, my junior high years, powerful times of prayer in the church, Wednesday nights in our student ministry, that we took time to pray and seek the Lord and ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Also, there were evening services. There were times for the Spirit to move. And I have sensed powerful moments of the Holy Spirit in me, just like he's worked in you. And I don't take those moments for granted. Matter of fact, many times I go back in my heart and my mind and I think about them. I love it when God's Spirit is moving and lives are being changed. How about you? I absolutely do. I love it when God's Spirit is moving. It's alive. And people are being changed. That's what he does. For me, I can't do anything of substance without the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's absolutely no way. I think, though, many people have made it complicated. The work of the Spirit, that is. I think we have made the work of the Holy Spirit so complicated, so we back away from it, and we become fearful. So today, I want to talk about the ABCs of the Holy Spirit. That's how I'm, I'm going to break it down. Very easy today, all right? If you want simple? This is it, okay? A, he gives you abilities. Can you say that word, abilities? You've probably heard them as spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes abilities throughout the whole church. The Holy Spirit does not miss anybody. What is unique to this is I have my abilities. I don't have your abilities. I need you and you need me. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. Come on, do it. I need you. I need you and you need me. Come on, tell them you need me. You need me. You need me. That's right. I need you and you need me, right? And together we make up the body of Christ. That's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. We need each other. That you have incredible giftings that I do not have. Paul describes it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. I want to talk about different gifts first, then I want to talk about the grace that has been given to you and me. There are actually 14 gifts identified in the New Testament. It is three separate lists, and none of the lists are the same. There, so there are different gifts mentioned in Romans chapter 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to encourage you, maybe a little bit of homework this week, would you go and would you look at those gifts and find and seek in there what gifts that you have that the Holy Spirit has given to you if you do not know what they are? How do you find your gift? First, you can take a spiritual gifts test. We have one on our website, mybundalife.com. You can go on there, take a spiritual gifts test, find out. There are a lot of spiritual gifts tests out there. They're very easy. Most of them are free. Take a moment, if you will, Find out what that gift is. And so the second way you find out what your gift is, let's not make it complicated, okay? Simply walk into a room, look around and see what needs to be done that you could do with excellence and you want to do for others. Let me say that again. Walk into a room, look around and see what needs to be done that you could do with excellence and what you 
can do for other people. Another one is this. When you walk into church on Sunday, you walk into this room, you walk into our other areas of ministry, what do you see that no one else sees that you could fix with excellence and you want to do it for others? If you have the ability and you see the need and can do it with excellence for others, go for it. Go for it. Whatever campus you're at right now, uh, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you, that is your preparation to do it, to do what he's telling you to do. What about spiritual gift of interior design? Do you think that's a spiritual gift? Absolutely. That is a spiritual gift. You say, well, prove it. Well, the first person ever to be identified as a spiritually gifted person, do you know his name, the Old Testament? Bezalel. He was a guy, Old Testament, in the days of Moses, and the Bible says the Spirit gave him the gift to work with wood, metal, fabric, architecture, and design. He is referenced in Exodus 31, 36, and 39. Bezalel created and architect the tabernacle of God, which houses the Ark of the Covenant. Isn't that amazing? That's a very important job. Matter of fact, I had somebody come out of the last service and said, hey, I own a drapery business that God is using me in, and I make drapes, custom design. I was like, see, that is your gifting that God has given to you to use for his kingdom in his glory. And so I would say this, and I promise you, if he were alive alive today, Bezalel would be on HGTV and Pinterest, (laughs) right? You bet. This guy was gifted to do that. There are a lot of spiritual gifts that don't make the list. Did you know that? Are you using yours? You know what? You, many of you had these special abilities even before you came to God. And as you came to God, God showed you your purpose and now you're using them for his kingdom and his glory, which is a beautiful thing. You know, spiritual gifts become spiritual not when God gives them to us, but when we offer them to others. When we offer them the gift that he's given to us, to other people around us. There are some spiritual gifts that are given miraculously, scripture teaches That happens after you come to him. Maybe a gift of prophecy. It could be the gift of healing. It could be the gift of tongues. It could be the gift of interpretation, which we're going to hear more about these next weekend with the Enlows. If we go back to Romans chapter 12, we have different gifts by the grace that has been given to us. I don't want you to miss that. He, you think, well, did he just give me a gift for me? No, you and I are not called to be gift hoarders, okay? just to get the gift and hoard it for you. No, no, anytime grace is given, it's always to be given away. Amen? At the moment of salvation, grace has been extended to you and to me, and that grace is not just for me only, but it is grace that is to be given out to others along your pathway in the spiritual journey that you are on. Anytime grace is given to your life, the grace is to be given away to someone else else. And if God gave you a gift, it's because not only does he love you, he also loves someone else. And if the Holy Spirit is giving you that ability, he's also going to give you an opportunity. He's going to create a space for you to exercise your spiritual gift. If you have the gift, use the gift. Every person in here has a gift. If you go into the book of Acts, Acts is this historical document, the early church from AD 30 to 60, that describes the founding of the church. 
And in that book, there are four different times that the Spirit miraculously moves someone to exactly the right place at the right time to exactly the right person. Young guy by the name of Philip. He flees the persecution in Jerusalem, winds up in a city called Samaria, and he keeps talking about Jesus, which then created a crowd, which then created a controversy, which created a power encounter where God showed up. It was an incredible incredible miracle revival. And in the middle of this ministry, God told Philip, I need for you to leave Samaria. And Philip said, hey, where do you want me to go? He says, I want you to go to the road that leads to Gaza. It's a deserted road, and almost nobody is on that road. And Philip goes and intersects at precisely the right time with an entourage with a man from Ethiopia. They were carrying one guy. He's the finance minister of the entire nation of Ethiopia. And at that moment, this eunuch is reading from a scroll, Isaiah chapter 53, which is one of the greatest prophecies of Jesus, Philip comes up alongside of his chariot, and it's in that moment that the Ethiopian looks at Philip and says, will you explain this to me? I'm not sure what this means out of Isaiah chapter 53. And it's in that moment that Philip begins to tell him about Jesus and what this prophecy means. He comes to the portion inside of that scripture verse about baptism. They come up along a pool, and the Ethiopian says, well, hey, I'm not a Jew, but could I get baptized? And Philip's like, yes, you can, and he baptizes him right there and then. It was the exact right person at the right place at the right time. The Holy Spirit orchestrates these kind of meetings in our lives. Have you realized that? At exactly the right moment, there's an orchestration of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You probably come across it many times. He does it over and over and over again in Scripture, but he also does it in your life and mine. If you have ears that are open and eyes that are open, God will use you to serve others. It's combining your ability with an opportunity. But in order for you and I to leverage the opportunity, you're going to need the next word, boldness. Can you say boldness? The Holy Spirit gives us boldness. To be honest, I'm way bolder on this stage than I am if I go to a coffee shop tomorrow or I walk into Martin's or Walmart, right? Like if I said, hey, in the morning, I go to Starbucks, you know, most likely I'm not pulling out a chair, standing on top of it and preaching to all Starbucks, right? They might kick me out. I'm not sure, but whatever it may be. But, but you get my point, right? I, I'm way bolder on this stage than I probably will be outside of this place unless God wants me to be that bold, right? I have the same insecurities as any of you about sharing my faith, right? Wonder if someone asked me a question, I don't know the answer. I think about that too, right? Wonder if there's something theological, somebody wants something deep, and I don't know. I think about that too. I struggle with that many times. We, we, we think is this, we think, Holy Spirit, if you would just give me boldness, I will take advantage of the opportunity, but it doesn't work that way. It's the other way around, that when you step out in faith, the Holy Spirit will give you boldness and then will give you the words to say. But many times we want it the other way around. Give me boldness to go do your work. Really what the Holy Spirit is saying, will you just do what I called you to do? And when you step out, I will make you bold. That's what it takes. Some of you, like many people, you get so nervous 
intimidated when you're talking to somebody else about spiritual things. You think, well, uh, I'm not sure what they're going to say. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. They might ask me a question I don't know the answer to. You know, I may sound dumb about the Bible and not know. And what happens is is we, we pull back and we hold back. Understand this, as a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to give the good news of Jesus it's, that's in love very, very boldly. And even the Apostle Paul knew this, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. He said this about himself. This is Apostle Paul. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of what? The Spirit's what? Power. So that your faith may not rest on man's wisdom, but rest on what? On God's power. And see, I get very consumed with this in the day and age we live, that I know there's a lot of great people preaching and speaking all that, but, but many times where people's faith has rested is on man's wisdom. And I'm going to tell you something about this. Man's wisdom will fail you. God's wisdom never will. And we need to get locked on that, not so much with our persuasive words and all these great things, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I don't know about you, but I don't want something manufactured. I'm sick of that. I want the Spirit's power to show up and let him do what he does best. Amen? That Paul is saying here, my abilities weren't that great. He's saying, you know, I'm not even an incredible speaker, but when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit came and did what only he can do. That's what I love about this, is that right now, I'm not that good. And I know this, but the Holy Spirit will begin to take and speak to people in this room, right where you're at. And and it's kind of like, I'll say something in Kung Fu, the Holy Spirit will be dealing with you on something, because he knows your struggle, and he knows your joy, and he knows what you're going through at this moment. You're going through something different than the person next to you. And that's the beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit. He's taking, he's fitting, and he's saying what he wants to say to you specifically at this moment, that he wants you to hear his voice and he wants you to act on his voice right now. And it's in that moment, it's happened to you too, right? You've been sharing with somebody, you're just sharing with them the good news of the gospel, you've been sharing with them about your testimony or God did something good in your life, and you realize that they're like, man, how did you know what I was going through? And you're like, I didn't, right? That was the Holy Spirit working through you. See, sometimes we minimize that. We think it comes in many different ways. It comes simply by opening your mouth and sharing, and God's Spirit is there to boldly lead you and say the words and direct your paths, and through that, you're speaking life into somebody. That's where it's at. That's what God wants us to know. And it's in that you're like, wow, man, you, you were talking to somebody, and a scripture verse just came out. You're like, where did that scripture verse come out? I mean, you, you ever done that before? I didn't even know I knew that scripture verse. That's God's Spirit right? Things that have gone in, it now comes out because the Spirit is making you bold. That the Holy Spirit's prompting you, guiding you, and giving you divine boldness. We see this all throughout the New Testament, Acts chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, all the way through the book. When Peter and John were released from the Sanhedrin, and they went back to where the other disciples were, Acts 4.31, this is what happened. After they prayed, Now, I love that, because I'm talking about prayer in just a moment. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and so it says God showed up supernaturally and shook the building that they were in, and they were all filled, what? With what? The Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God, how? Boldly. 
after they prayed. Not by their own knowledge, not by their own persuasive words, but the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has given to you both the ability and the opportunity, but it's up to you to step out in faith. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit will give you everything you need in that moment, including the right words. So, you know, I love this after they prayed inside of this because really nothing happens of lasting value without prayer. Do you agree with that? I do. Prayer has got to lead the way. There's there's no way around it. And so uh, Wednesday, June 16th, at 6.30, we'll start our weekly prayer nights. And, and, and I believe as we come and as we pray that we're going to come and we're going to wait on the Lord. And we're going to come and wait on him to show up. You know, um, our greatest hindrance is not the Holy Spirit's ability, but our availability. And I believe that there are people that are right here listening to this message today that you know exactly what to do. You know the conversation that the Holy Spirit's asked you to have. The problem is, it's not the Spirit's ability, it's your availability. Are you going to give time to Him? I think the hardest thing for us to give the Holy Spirit is our communication, which is C. Can you say communication? He wants you and me to speak out for Him. When the Holy Spirit calls you to speak, you are fulfilling what this church believes is to reach this area for Jesus. That will not happen from this stage. Did you hear me? This is a means, but it's in the body. As you and I go forward and we step out with boldness, that he will use us as a church corporately to take the opportunity to speak out for him. You may not feel qualified, but the Holy Spirit qualifies you simply by being in you. This is an ancient prophecy from Joel chapter 2. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. What a powerful prophecy. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. It doesn't matter who they are. On all. And through that, what will take place? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. That that should become normal as God's spirit is being poured out. That we realize this, the Holy Spirit will fill anything you surrender to him. Amen? Whatever you surrender to the Holy Spirit, he will fill it today. If the glass is upside down, not filling it. If it's full of other stuff, can't fill it. But if you're clean of all those other things, he's saying, listen, I can fill anything that you're willing to surrender to me today. No matter what you're going through, no matter the struggle, whatever it is, that the Holy Spirit is providing everything you need. I love the stories of people responding to promptings of God. We need more of these stories. Because if you have a prompting, then you're prepared. You don't need another training. You don't need another exercise. That the gift is in you to create an opportunity to put a good word for the Lord Jesus Christ out there. How do you do that? Well, you put yourself in front of the Spirit. I'm not saying ahead. I'm saying a front, in front. Remember, when we started this series four weeks ago, the word for Spirit in the Old and New Testament is the word that is wind. We looked at a sailboat, and we said through that, what does a sailboat need to move? It needs wind. 
you need wind in the sails to get it going in the direction it's supposed to be going. You can have the best looking boat, but if you don't have wind in the sails, it's not going anywhere, right? It'll look pretty, amazing, but it's not going any place to any destination without the sails up in the wind of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has been put in your life, His gifts, but it doesn't matter what abilities you have. If you don't step out in front of the Holy Spirit, nothing's going to happen. But the moment you open your life and you put yourself out there, and you're not just sitting waiting for boldness, but you're willing to get out there and you're willing to raise the sails of your life and let the Holy Spirit breathe on you and breathe on us as a church, that that is when we will begin to see God do things that we cannot do on our own, but he can do. Simply because you've positioned yourself, you've let his gifts be a benefit to someone you care about. That's the wind of the Spirit. How can we create an opportunity with others? Can I just really be simple here? I know some of you are really good at this, and you're able to speak to other people about Jesus, and you have natural gifting, natural ways, and that's amazing. But many people struggle with, how do I do this? Well, a couple things. Here's something really good. You say, hey, it's texting somebody, maybe that you've been wanting to, to find Christ or lead to the Lord, or you want them to know more about Jesus. Uh, you say, hey, there's something really good that's happening to me, and I would like to share it with you. I mean, who wouldn't respond to something like that? Seriously. That God is doing something, and I want to share with you what God's doing in my life. You know, when, when we meet up next, I, I'd love to connect with you for a few minutes. I want to share with you some recent changes in my life. I mean, who wouldn't respond to a text or an email like that, right? It's very easy. It's very easy just getting into their world. Who wouldn't respond to something like that? Very, very simple, very simple. And so what I'm saying is, are you bold enough to get in front of the wind of the Spirit and, and let him carry you into an opportunity to make Jesus famous? This is what I'm saying. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus lifting Jesus up. Lifting Jesus up. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He lifts Jesus up. He exalts Jesus that's what he wants us to do. To make an opportunity to lift Jesus up and to make him famous in the very place, right? Here, near, far. Wherever God has placed you, that's where you and I are called to give their giftings. Hey, another thing about giftings that I just want to encourage you about really quick here in your gifting, we want to help find your gifting. Like I said, we have many ways we can do that. And then we're here as leaders to help equip you in that gifting and find that place that you're supposed to be. But through it all, here's what I want you to know. There are some of you that are coming into the doors of this church and you have incredible giftings. Remember, you at least have one gift. Some of you have multiple gifts. That's given by the Holy Spirit, not by us or by what we've done. But, but some of you are sitting and you're hoarding your gift and you're, you're not using your gift for the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people say, well, my only gifting's out there in the marketplace and I'm not using my gift in the church. I'm sorry, the full effects of the Spirit cannot be in your life if you're not using your gifts inside of the body of Christ first for the exhortation and the building up of the body. This is biblical. This is church life. 
If you're not using your gifting in the church first, you're missing out on all that God has for you. Yeah, you're to be use, you're to use your gift in your workplace, your marketplace, all of that. Yes, absolutely. But you should be using that gift in the church, in the local church, because the Bible says it's for the building up of the saints, the building up of one another, the encouraging of one another. And listen, if we, like any other church out there, had people, 100% of our people that are fully using their gifts, Every week here, we wouldn't have a shortage of volunteers in our ministries, right? And we think about that often, but God's spirit can use you and wants to use you in your gifting. Don't don't be afraid. Step out there and let the boldness of the Holy Spirit come. Fill your mouth with words and just an anointing that God wants you to use. Not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. That's the grace of God. God, your grace is on my life. You gave me this gift. And now, not only do you love me, you love someone else so that that gift can run through my life to somebody that desperately needs it. That's the gifting that God wants to give to you and wants to show up strong inside of you. So we'd love to talk to you about your gifts, how you can serve and where you can serve in that gifting today. Amen. And by the way, it probably should bother you a little bit. I'm saying this lovingly today with a smile. It probably should bother you a little bit. If you are a mature believer in Christ and you keep coming into the church and you're not serving the Lord with your gifts, it, it should. Through the conviction and the convincing of the Holy Spirit in that, it probably should bother you some that you're not fully being used to your maximum potential in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. And I thank you, Lord, you've given it to us to serve you with our gifts. Thank you for the abilities. Thank you for the boldness. And Lord, we thank you for the communication that we can have as we speak out to make your name greater. Father, we thank you for it. I thank you for your people. I thank you for this opportunity that we have. If you come today and you say, you know what? I need more of the wind of the Spirit in my life. Just by saying today, I'm just coming. I need more of the wind. I need the work of the Spirit. Breathe upon me, Holy Spirit, in this moment, in this hour, right now. Would you just raise your hand? Holy Spirit, breathe on me. I need more. I see some hands being raised. So, Father, I thank you for these hands. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us by the wind of your Spirit today. Fill us fresh the work of your spirit, God, to be the church, to be the body that you have called us to be. Lord, we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.